You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey, this is Michael McIntyre. And right before this podcast begins, I want to give you a reminder, or some of you don't even know, we've got a next level experience coming in June 10th, 11th, and 12th, right here in Big D, Dallas, Texas. It's intense. It's amazing. It's Holy Spirit filled. It's not for snowflakes. Listen, if your life is working, that's who needs to come to this next level experience because it's about taking your life higher. You probably have that burning desire saying, you know, I know there's more for me. The Holy Spirit's dropping this on me. I feel that God's telling me there's more out there, but how do I get unstuck? How do I get out of this place where I feel mediocrity will come to next level experience. This is not a conference. This is three days of intensive and of experiential learning, just the same way you kind of learn how to ride a bike. And it's all about relational, spiritual, financial, business, and physical. So come on in. It starts at Friday, June 10th at 2.30 and goes to about 9.30 p.m. Saturday morning, it begins at 8 a.m. and goes to about 9.30 p.m. Sunday morning, about 8 a.m. to about 9.30 p.m. And guess what? Cost you no money up front. How cool is that? At the end, if you want to bless us, great. And pay it forward. So come on, check it out. Go to themichaelmcintyre.com and apply today. It's going to fill up. It's going to be cool. Oh, and if you're a snowflake, don't apply. This is for eagles wanting to fly higher and not flock with the turkeys. So come on, get after it. Hey, enjoy this podcast. It's a killer dealer. God bless you, and Jesus is King. Amen. Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Hey, everybody. Michael McIntyre here at the Next Level Podcast. So excited that you're listening. Maybe you're on that treadmill. Maybe you're watching Game of Thrones. Not. Maybe you're uh, driving in the car. Maybe you're on a road trip and you're catching up. I just wanna say thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Hey, don't forget to uh, subscribe to or, or rate this thing. I know if you have, great. And if you haven't, do it, yeah? All right, so I wanna give you a little bit of some business advice here and some coaching, if you will. And I've got a lot of people that I, that I coach in business and help them out. Some of them are startups, some of them are, you know, they're in their 10th year, some of them just wanna grow, uh, all different phases. And I kind of compiled a list of things that over the years, because people always, you know, they pay me a lot of money because they want to learn from my mistakes. You know, the adage is, hey, a smart person learns from their own mistakes, but a genius learns from others' mistakes. Why? It's a lot cheaper to learn from my mistakes than it is to have your own, even though you pay me money to learn that. It's still cheaper. It's like, you know, I've got 30 years of experience in this and you don't pay me for that 45 minutes of time. You pay me for that 30 years of experience. So you don't have to go through that and lose some money. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, one of the things I want to talk about today is, uh, you know, being a business leader, being an entrepreneur, you got to have some bravado, right? You got to have confidence. Um, you, you got to have a sense of gravitas. Uh, it's great for closing sales. It's great for leading your teams, being leadership. 
but sometimes we don't realize our shortcomings in this because especially as men, and I don't want to sound sexist, but I guess I will. Some of us men have pride issues and some of it, some women do too, entrepreneurs. And there's reason for that because number one, you're, you're a risk taker. You're, you're out there slaying the dragon. You've got that confidence. Like I said, you've got the bravado and you want to go out there and do this and make a difference in, in the world and a, and a game changer. And uh, maybe, you know, whatever your reasoning is. And it takes somebody with that bravado or that instinct or that, that's that guts to go out there and do that. Uh, but there's also, sometimes we don't realize that that same uh, bravado or that same pride, which is the not good pride, can crumble us to, into failure too. So I want to talk about that because listen, I've experienced that. I really have. I found I've I've had many shortcomings, and uh, you know I've I've made things happen and I've made things fail, uh, and I find myself you know in several times, several situations where my pride sunk the ship. It really did, and so. Here's how that some of this message might help some of you business owners avoid this. Also, it could be, it might not just be about your business owner. It might be, you know, in your profession, in your job, maybe you're an executive C-level situation or a manager, or maybe, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're a professor, maybe you're a, a pastor in your church. That's a big one. I've, I've coached a lot of pastors, but I want to talk about, I've written some notes down here. Sometimes we get married to our business card or we fall in love with our idea. I like to say you fall in love with your business card, you know, because your business card might say, you know, Michael McIntyre, CEO, I'm CEO, man, I can make all the decisions. And generally, if you're an entrepreneur, you have made those decisions. Yeah, you've you've you, you fought this, you fought the battle and you won and, and you, you're on the other side. So you've got some success. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. But sometimes you think all of your ideas are perfect. <laughs> They're all great because you came up with them, right? Because that's how God made you. And that's good to have that. Um, but sometimes it's hard to realize also when your idea might suck, it might be terrible. And this is where I want to coach you on because it's really hard sometimes for certain people to, to realize that their baby is ugly. And I'll never forget. Uh, and I, I talk about this in my book, but when I was getting ready to sell my company, this is way back in 1999. And Ernst and Young did a book on our company and I paid these guys, I don't know, $75,000 to put an accounting book together. It's probably a lot more than that now, but, and then I had uh, General Electric come in and I had, you know, <laughs> General Electric tell me how ugly my baby was. What I didn't realize is this it was just a negotiation fact, factor and I, my ego got the best of me. It cost, cost me a lot of money. Uh, anyways, I want you to, I want to talk about this because it's really important. It's, it's natural to want everything that you do to work. It's, it's a natural thing, especially for, you know, for a, for a successful business owner, you've got a business, maybe, or you started a business, you got a good idea. You made payroll a few times, you're working, your revenue's coming in you, or maybe you've had some, a hockey stick success. And that's, that's what I had. I, you know, it took me a minute, it took me about a year and a half, but then once it clicked, it really took off. And I think it's real important that we realize that sometimes our ideas are not the best ideas. And how do you avoid that? How do you check your ego? And one way is to talk to, you You know, have some people that will actually rebuke your ideas or actually give you sound advice. In other words, they don't have an agenda. Maybe they're not even on the payroll. Maybe they're just somebody that you know that's an acquaintance that you know doesn't want the best cigars or scotch that you have or get on your yacht. Maybe they or you know do, you know 
uh, or, or because you're an influencer that be a part of your influence system, maybe they just love you for who you are and, or they respect who you are and they want to give you sound advice. Go to those people and ask, hey, let me run this by you. And I've talked about this before. Uh, you know, I work with my brother and some other people that I trust uh, that have some had some success in life and also, more importantly, some failures. And I say, hey, I want to throw this out there. I want you I want to. I want you to, you know, sink my battleship or, you know, or give me a ticker tape parade, right? Because I'd rather have them blow holes in my idea before I spend money and blow holes in my checking account. So you might have, you might think you have a great idea because you've had some good success with some ideas. And then all of a sudden you start believing your own press, done it. Uh, and so check it out, check your ego, ask for help on that, which I think is real important. Second thing is, um, don't let your ego get out of control. And it's so easy to do. You might think, no, not me. I'll never do that. All of a sudden, boom, you hit a million dollars. Boom, you got $10 million in revenue. Boom, you just put your first million dollars in the bank. And, you know, confidence does sell new business. It helps partnerships. It shows leadership. But it also can result in a pretty big ego. And when we do get that big inflated ego because we've got some success or we've got $1.95 in our checking account now and our bills are paid and, you know, everything's just so good, uh, you can really, if you don't have certain checkpoints, you can really get yourself hammered badly and be humbled or humiliated more like what happened to me. Uh, so set checkpoints to bring yourself back to reason, to bring yourself back to earth. Have checkpoints, build in checkpoints, grade yourself, ask your peers that you respect to grade your performance as well. It's real important to have people grade your performance. And you know, you can have some people inside your business and also outside your business. And I'm talking to you too, pastors, you know, have some people inside your business, in your church, have some people on your staff, but also go outside of your church. You know, one of the things I counseled uh, uh, one of the churches that I was helping is, look, on your board, you should have some people from other churches on your board. Have them sign an NDA. It's no big shakes, but you need to have yourself checked. Okay. And if you're, if you're bored, if you're a big enough church or a big enough company, if your board cannot recommend changes and it's not just staffed, your board's just not staffed with all your best friends and your golfing buddies and, you know, your drinking partners, you got an issue. Now, there's a lot of small businesses out there under $10 million that don't have a board. I get that. And that's fine. You don't have, maybe you have an advisory board. That's what I had. I had an advisory board and an advisory board doesn't have fiduciary responsibility, but they're good people that can you can have around you uh, and meet every now and then take them on a trip, bless them. They can you can pay them or not pay them, but have people that that don't have direct skin in the game in your business that can offer you good advice and to keep your ego under control. Yes, it's very important. So con constantly, you know, set the processes in place and think about how you can be better at what you do, constantly focusing on improvement. And this will keep your ego in check. I always say, check your ego so you can cash that big check. Bam, we like to hammer that. Yes. All right. Somebody give me an amen. All right. Uh, you become too scared to ask for help been there done that <laughs> okay uh why do we get too scared to ask for help at some point in your life you need to realize that you're not great at everything <laughs> that hit me at 38 years old i realized that i wasn't great at everything first of all i also knew that i kind of knew that early on because 
math is not my great subject. Now I can do percentages and, and if there's a dollar sign to it, man, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, Sir Isaac Newton all over it. Right. Uh, but you can also uh, hire and work with people who are better at these tasks and smarter than you. I had MBAs around me, I had PhDs, I had people that had degrees, CPAs. I had people that really were smart business people and understood a spreadsheet, understood how to do a pro forma, understood how to do a business plan, understood you know, how to do cost accounting, accrual accounting. I know basic things on this stuff, but that wasn't my mastery. My mastery was casting a cast casting a vision, doing leadership, motivation, and breaking new ground and going to where many angels fear to, fear to tread. And that's how uh, I was a trailblazer in that. And we need that, right? But we also need somebody, you know, I was the rainmaker and we need somebody to trough that rain. Otherwise we'll all flood. And then we, you know, then we're out of rain when it gets dry season, we're, we, then we, we dry up. Uh, so you can also outsource this stuff. In the early days, you can outsource. You can contract this out, which is what I've done. You can also enlist external help to mirror design tasks, like designs that maybe. In uh, the, there's so many companies out there that you can hire different price points to help you in that design and get your org chart together. And when when people hire me, the first thing I look at, even in a church or in a business, is let's see, let's put your aces in their places. Because if you've got some people in there that are really good, but they're not performing, but they, they're an ace, but they're just not in the right place. So that's really important to do, to get that. And sometimes we're so deep into the forest, we can't see the trees. And we also fall in love with our staff. We fall in love with our employees sometimes, okay? Not all the time. But and then that clouds the issue too. So it's a real fine, fine line, especially for CEO entrepreneurs. So, you, but you got to realize, hey, I got to hire somebody that's smarter than me in this and not be intimidated. Listen, I, I still learn things about business. I still learn protocols. There's new de deals coming up. The language changes, the lexicon changes, have people around you. One of the things that I learned early on in my 20s, I had a coach and that coach said me always, and I remember I turned 31. He said, McIntyre, always have the 20 somethings around you, either hire them or have them work for you or pay them uh, for advice because they see what's next is coming, okay, in the marketplace, in business, in the new technology. Now, they might not be any good at casting a vision or they might not be any good at building something, but they could be an instrumental in, in, in knowing where to go next. That's important. And then also I hired other people that were older than me, coaching business advisors and consultants. And some of them, I, when I didn't have a lot of money, I gave them a piece of the deal on the upside. And some of them, I did a hybrid, a piece of the deal and, and, and money. And then later on, when I did have money, I just paid them outright. So, but, I, but you have to cash that, you got to check that ego and, and, and ask for that help. And don't be scared to ask, really, because nobody, you know, nobody can do it all. The only one that could do it all is Jesus, right? So you don't be afraid. Uh, hire some external help. Once you get these things figured out, you could look at bringing in in-house people. So like for the longest time, I would go to outside counsel, right? And I did that because I didn't want to bring in a $200,000 in-house counsel person. I'd rather pay $50,000 a year for my outside counsel. But I got so large, I got so big, then I brought in in-house counsel, right? And I paid them well. I, I think at the end, before I sold my company, I was paying them $325,000 a year. But they were working 50, 60 hours a week. So ask for help. Don't be afraid. And, you know, be humble yourself and ask for help. Coaching, ask for consulting contract outside help. 
All right. Uh, the other thing that brings down a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, a lot of CEOs uh, along this line is that you'll make decisions, major decisions without consulting your team. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that's McIntyre. I did that so many times. And I call it the hokey pokey, right? I jump in. I got a great idea. I walk in the office. You know, I got there and uh, I shout out a bunch of orders, bark out a bunch of orders. This is the way I want to do it, which completely upended the whole process, the whole system, because I had this epiphany. And, you know, heck, you know, my company was making $300 million a year in sales. How couldn't I be wrong in this, right? Well, it cost me so much because it disrupted their it disrupted their heart. It disrupted their their mission and their vision and getting their things done in their in the micro setting that they had because they were granular in this deal. And I would always come in and go big picture and at fifty thousand feet. Well, they're right in the minutia of it, and it was really unfair uh, for me to come in there and make those decisions without consulting them. Now, let me just tell you another thing: business owner, entrepreneur, pastor, leader, husband, uh, whoever. Um, us business leaders have a tendency to jump into things simply because it's their, our nature. We tend to think that our decision-making trumps all and asking for others' opinions shows weakness. Big mistake, okay? What it shows is strength. What it shows is humility. What it shows is you value your people. You value your staff. You value your wife. You value your children. You value your, your, your associate pastor. Bring in, ask for advice. Come on. That's why you got them around. Now, you might not agree with the advice. That's okay. And, you know, one of the things that Stacy and I do with a lot of businesses, we hold clear the deck meetings and they're really organized and, and it's a system and it really shows up big. Uh, but there's reasons why you surround yourself with great people. They're there to tell you when you're crazy, when you're a nut job, when you're a wacko, when you're an idiot. Okay. Now, look, Sometimes you'll still be an idiot, <laughs> wacko, and a crazy person. And maybe that's what, this, that's what the situation needs. But it's good to hear that, right? It really is. It's good to hear that, hey, maybe you're thinking wrong. They get, as long as it pauses you for a second and sobers you up in that moment and say, okay, maybe I sleep on this decision. Maybe I pray about it. And if you're not a Christian, maybe you sleep on it. Maybe you have a dream and God sends you a dream. Maybe that's exactly what happened. So there you go. And But there is reason you surround yourself with good people because you need their good advice. And if they do tell you you're crazy or your business, uh, you know, or your business should start at, you know, at an airport kiosk sales station to buy from the next salesman peddling air, come on, there might be, you might, you know, we have these crazy ideas sometimes. So, and some of them are just brilliant, but nobody else sees it except you. That's okay. It's okay to take a flyer and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work, but still listen to your people before you make a decision. One of the things I used to say to my staff that, you know, we have arguments and uh, I don't know, there'd be like seven of us in the boardroom and I'm throwing out ideas and I say, okay, let's blow holes in this thing. Cause this was later on in my maturity in business. Cause I had lost several good key people because of my arrogance. And that would just do the hokey pokey without consulting them. So I learned and we would vehemently disagree. I'd have two or three people, especially my general counsel. He didn't agree with the stuff I, I, I laid out. Uh, and that's his job. His job was to always look at, you know, the negative side of it. You know, I remember our airplane pilots, you know, in pilots are trained for disasters. They're trained 
to, you know, you come in for landing, you know, they're trained to go around. They want to see, you know, if something happens that they can go around and do another approach. You know, I never looked at stuff like that. I always looked at everything was going to succeed. That was the optimistic person that I am, which is what we need in our leadership. Right. But I think it's real important to hear them out and listen to them. And then let's say you let's say you disagree with them, but you're going to let them have their way because maybe maybe this is this is their turn. Right. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, you see that their heart's really into it. You don't really see it, but you also see that it's not going to hurt things. It's not going to put the company in a bankruptcy situation or a financial burden, or it might cost the company some money, but you think it's worth letting them have a win, but you vehemently disagree and, or it's the other way around. You, you feel that this thing is strong and it's great and it's going to be the way of the future, even though you heard everybody else, you know, gab out and club you over the head with saying it's a terrible idea either way. I would always say, listen, I realize there's differences of opinions in this meeting, but when we walk out this door, we all are in lockstep, okay? And there's a reason for that because you cannot let the rank and file see that there's tension on the, on the hill, okay? You cannot see that there's a disagreement because if there is, you know, then you have dissension, okay? Then you have a team A and team B, and then you got, uh, you got a war, internal war. And if a house, you know, if, you know, a, a house have got, has got to stand together, otherwise they will all fall together. And so you've got to have everybody standing on that. And so if you don't have a team player in that room, if they're going to walk out there and say, you know, I, or, or even worse, you know, if this idea fails and you were against it as the business owner, entrepreneur, or the pastor, then you walk in there and say, I told you so never do that. Okay. That been there, done that bad mistake, vice versa. If they, if you have an, I told you so in your group comes back and it'll be the last time they get to say, I told you so, because you get to be, I told you, you can go out and find another job. So the important, the important thing is include your team in major decisions. Ask for advice. That's why you, they're on the payroll or they're your friends and ask for advice. And listen, and if it works, great. If it doesn't work, then you, you win together or you fail together, but you're all on the same team. All right. You got to know when it's time to exit. In my book, The Next Life, uh, the next the next level life yeah the next life is in heaven thank you jesus but the next level life available on amazon uh the next level life by michael mcintyre yours truly wrote this book you don't know when it's time to exit i probably should have exited my company probably seven years before i did you know maybe five at the best and you know after 1999 i didn't because i you know i had my ego hurt from general electric uh, jack Welch, who I love and admired. But so there is a time though, when you need to know when it's time to exit, whether you're, you're, you know, whether you own the business or lead it, there's always the right time to leave. Uh, do you want to be, you know, Phil Jackson and wait till, you know, and while everything's still great, churning out champions rings, or do you want to wait until you can barely win a game? Pride will keep you in longer and could lead to demise of your company. Entrepreneurs, we have resources. There are places, there are coaches to help you in this process. You know, now, you know, what I, what I look back on, I probably wouldn't have exited it completely. And there's different exit mechanisms. Obviously you can sell your company or you can have somebody come in and bring professional management. And that's, and that's really what I wanted to do. And I just, I got lazy in trying to find the right person because the company got bigger than I wanted it. And not, not that I wanted to, it got bigger than I wanted to commit to. In other words, 
it was very time consuming and I love to travel and I love to be with my family. And, you know, Stacy and I really put our family above everything else and from above friends, above everything. So professional management is what I wanted to bring in. And I interviewed like three people, but it was a hassle. It was, and it's not easy to find somebody to come in there and be the heir apparent, so to speak, and do that. But it is, there is a plan for exit. You should plan exit because you don't want to overstay your welcome or you don't want to miss an opportunity, right? You could have a lot of zeros on that thing and you might blow it. Or you can also, you know, sell part of it and be part of it too. And so there's always different ways to do that. But uh, know when the time is, that you want to exit. And some of us never exit. Maybe you want to pass it on to your family. Maybe you just want to work until, you know, Jesus takes you home and that's fine too. But uh, you also should have a plan in case you get hit by a bus. What's going to happen? Does everybody know where the bank accounts are? Do they all know the passwords? I mean, you know, you've got to have somebody that knows all these things. Because if you have any kind of significance in this or any kind of money in this, you know, it needs to have a good transition, whether it's via if you leave because you sell or because you're bringing in a partner or you're bringing in professional management or you through death, you have to pass this company on. And professional management generally, you know, I dealt with a lot of private equity guys. So, you know, they come in, they'll pump a bunch of money. They would give the owner a whole bunch of, take a whole bunch of money off the table, do a contract with them where they stay on for a year or two years or even more and let them have a piece of the upside or hold back some of their money. So it keeps on going in a, in a great way. So, but these are, there's several different ways to skin the cat, right? Uh, the main thing is, is as a CEO, as the owner, as an entrepreneur, as the pastor, you don't want to be the cat getting skinned. Okay, you want to be the leader graciously coming in, graciously going out, graciously and and uh, without your ego, uh, managing and leading that company. No, no one has time to ask for help. Don't go in there and do the hokey pokey. Uh, your press, you know, don't believe your own press just because people are on the payroll. They're going to tell you a lot of things that you want to hear, but don't let your pride get in the way of having a greater company and being very successful and being humble. And listen, even today, you know, in our business and next level and McIntyre and what we do at next level uh, experience and leadership 300 and in coaching, uh, you know, I still, I have to check my pride because there's a lot of times when people will start telling me things and I'm like, wait a minute, let me see. Let's do the pile method. Let's compare your pile with my pile. How much money did you make and how much? And that's, think stinking thinking and that's the enemy coming in and starting to talk to us through our ears and saying things that are not true because remember this satan is a liar okay jesus is king john 10 10 the enemy came to kill steal and destroy but jesus came to give us life abundant and abundant is different for everybody but life is the same right it's financial it's physical it's relational and it's spiritual how are you walking that out holistically in a, in a place and grade yourself. Um, so I hope that helps. And uh, I think it's really important as business leaders, as uh, church leaders, as leaders of our family, uh, leaders in our marriage, leaders in, with our, our siblings is to be that leader and, and check your ego and get checked every now and then. Hey, you might have a crazy idea. It could be the next genius thing, right? Uh, I mean, look at Elon Musk. I mean, he had some crazy ideas. Look at that SpaceX, man. That's awesome. That thing can take off and land. You know, one man came up with that idea or at least funded that idea. NASA didn't come up with it. And they had the whole country and all the scientists in the world. All it takes is one, one good idea. And you can do this, but check that ego, check that pride. 
and make a lot of money and bless his kingdom. So until the next week, friends, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Remember to subscribe and give us a good rating. Five star. Come on and send it to somebody else that you love that might be in business, that might be struggling out there. Because look, you look at people who own businesses, you know, it's it's not easy. It's not for the faint hearted, for entrepreneurs. It's really not. And the government today is very difficult to work with. You've got to be nimble. You've got to be agile. You need to have leadership. You need to have mentors. You need to have coaching and, and invest in yourself. You know, people say McIntyre is so expensive, man. It's the cheapest money you'll ever spend is on a coach because that's investing directly into yourself, right? The ROI on that is 10 to 20. I've seen it go a hundred times. So, you know, don't be cheap, right? Don't, <laughs> don't, don't be penny wise and dollar foolish, right? So come on, get out there, make a difference out there in his kingdom, show up big take up that space. Don't play small because somebody else feels bad because they're not doing as good as you are. Come on. Jesus put you on this earth to be big. Play a big game. Show up big. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.